You're listening to LaBeau's Life Lessons, where we believe that you can change if you truly want to. Listen and take notes from our dynamic host, LeBeau Colbert. You're sure to learn something you didn't know. Remember to follow and share this message with someone you love. Now, on to the show. life lessons we are about to start an awesome series called red flags recognizing inherited trauma but uh, we're going to be recognizing and understanding how to deal with family trauma so in doing this series I'm going to try to go as fast as I can um, it, it is recorded so this episode is going to be available tonight sometime. Now, hey, as you notice, I am not on my regular time. Uh, I had an incident after I left the studio last week that made me feel like I need to switch up and be a little bit more random about when I'm live at the studio because apparently there may be some hidden dangers with me having a predictable schedule, if you know what I mean. And it, it bothered me enough to have to figure out how I'm going to come here randomly for my safety. And so that is a big issue that I'm trying to resolve. But anyway, I am really excited about doing this. Now in doing this, this is a very heavy, meaty topic. And this topic is it has so many different, um, it's, there's so many layers to it. It's almost like trying to explain health and nutrition, right? Which, where, where are you gonna come from? There's different ways you can come from. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Um, where are you gonna come from? So bear with me because I'm doing the best I can to funnel and filter this down to something that's digestible because what we're gonna be talking about is bringing a few different worlds together. What we're gonna do is we're going to combine science with spirituality with therapy, psychoanalysis, all under the same roof. And we're gonna connect all the ties and dig deep into this. Now, please don't don't uh, lose me when I start talking about some of the statistical stuff because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna allow you guys, I'm gonna give you the resources to research it on your own so I don't have to get too technical because sometimes you start going into that type of stuff, people lose interest and I want you to stick with the theme um, and the point. Um, my objective is not to up impress anybody with words, with terminologies, with statistics and all this, all of that stuff. I'm just going to give it to you and you go and do your own research if you want to. So let's get into it. Now, what if I were to tell you that not everything you think and feel originated with you? Have you ever wondered why you are the way that you are and why you're so different? This week, starting this week, and it's going to go on and on. I don't know. This is going to be a long series. I'm going to talk about understanding and dealing with inherited trauma. Some of you, for some of you, this is your first time hearing that. I'm going to combine the scientific with spiritual with psychoanalysis, and I'm going to reveal how humans have evolved to adapt to the stressors of their ancestors and what that means for each of us is very important. In this deep dive, we'll dig into genetics and how they influence our core character and what we can do to counteract negative inherited thoughts, emotions, and traits that truly do not belong to us. Okay? So, we're going to identify how we can overcome old family trauma and patterns, behaviors, and emotions that affect your ability to have healthy relationships and uncover dangerous signs of potentially toxic relationships. 
And when you walk away from this, you're going to learn how, learn to identify whether you or your partner may be predisposed to violence, addictive behaviors, and other red flags, okay? And a lot of that stuff catches people off guard, right? They think they know someone or they're getting to know someone and they find out they have all of these issues. Where did it come from? And I'll talk about how our brains develop and evolve based on the experiences of our close ancestors and how we can utilize this information to better ourselves, okay? And the whole point of this is to develop emotional awareness so we can understand and control our present and can and have a better future, all right? Now I'm gonna give you a little disclaimer. This is the 2022 LeBeau's Life Lessons podcast show, copyright 2022 by LeBeau Kohler, all rights reserved. The podcast is about transformational power um, and of strategic thinking and principled living. It is illegal to publish, document, or sell any of the following content in, in any format. Uh, storage of this information is not allowed without exclusive permission from me. Please see a practicing therapist and licensed mental health professional for advice on diagnosis and treatment for mental health related issues. No legal responsibility of damages or losses, whether directly or indirectly, will be incurred by the host at any point in time. The content being presented is for entertainment purposes only, and any mention of companies, brands, or public figures are intended in any way to appear associated with this, broad, this broadcast products or services by myself. All right, awesome. Somebody said they're, they're tuning in in their car, all right. Okay, perfect. All right, let's just start here. The potato famine. This was a, a huge famine that happened in Ireland. They call it the Great Irish Famine. It happened between 1845 through 49. And this happened because their potato crop failed. About one million people died from starvation or from typhus or other famine-related diseases. Um, the number of Irish who emerged from the famine may have reached into the million, two millions. And between 1841 and 1850, 49% of the total immigrants, they, they came to America, okay? Now, what happened is they did a study on these people and their descendants, their grandchildren, and they found out something very interesting. So what happened was it changed the genetic code of the children and grandchildren of the people who went through the famine. And for the first time, um, scientists were able to understand what epigenetics is, and I'm gonna talk about that. And basically what happened to these descendants because of the famine, is they learned that their descendants most of the time develop mental illness, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and other conditions, and it carried on a few generations. Okay, and this demonstrated to them how our nature can in our our nurture can influence our nature, meaning what happens to us can influence our genetic code for the next generation. So we know that animals evolve and human beings evolve. But for the first time they understood how what happens to humans impacts how a human brain is developed. So um, if you know anything about neuroscience, you know that your brain is covered with a lot of squiggly lines, okay, like a noodle packet, like noodles, just a whole bunch of squiggly lines. Those squiggly lines are neural pathways that were created from you doing the same thing over and over again. The more you do it, the deeper the, the line is. You can, it's called neuroplasticity. It can, you can create those lines and some of those lines can disappear. When you're born, you have some of those lines on your brain already, but your brain is kind of smooth, but it has those lines in there. And what it is, is it gives you, that's your programming, your core programming, so that when you are born, you have some, you know, initial core programming, okay? And that's called epigenetics. So officially, epigenetics is the study of 
heritable phenotype changes that do not involve alterations in the DNA sequence. Okay, so they've been studying this for decades and they learn how in utero, whatever happened to the mother or the grandmother or grandfather changed the genes of the children thereafter. And this goes from for all types of people everywhere, right? Okay. Um, what they found also in the when they were studying the descendants of the Irish famine children is that they found out that they grew up smaller than average people, and they usually ended up with a lot of diseases, primarily diabetes obesity and cardiovascular disease okay now you know how when you go to the doctor the doctors always want to know no matter what type of doctor it is they want to know your family history right this is why you notice how when you go to a doctor about any issue a physical issue it doesn't have to be about a psychiatric issue they still want to know if you're ancestors or your grandparents or, or your mom or dad had mental illness. This is because they know that whatever your parents or grandparents dealt with, you most likely have it too at some level. And that's why they need to know so that they can take those things into consideration when they're diagnosing you. My mom was a nurse and she used to say, whatever mama has, you are 50 chance, it's 50-50 that you're gonna get it too, okay? And there's many reasons why that happens and we are gonna talk about that. And we're gonna talk about the practical side too. So today I'm gonna go over nine things you need to understand about generational trauma. Now there's a great book about this by Mark Wolin, Mark Wolin. And the book is called, It Didn't Start With You. And he's the leading expert on this topic. His book is very easy to read, digestible, is short. Um, it's, I think it's about eight hours long. And so that is a great place. And you can find it free on YouTube. It's also on Audible. But basically, what they learned through studying the Irish fam famine descendants is that we are born to adapt to the stressors of our ancestors. We are born to adapt. So not just how you think, but actually how you look as well, your body type and the way you, way you think and your core personality is based on your body and mind adapting to what your family went through before you because that is your body's way of preparing yourself for their world. Do you get that? So a child that's born in a different time or in a different country under different circumstances is going to have a brain that's different from yours simply because their parents went through things that your parents didn't go through. Okay? So this is, this is it sounds complex, but it's actually really easy to understand. Now, the reason why psychoanalysis comes into play is because a lot of people once they realize that how their family history has impacted their mindset in life and they recognize that they're repeating the same patterns the therapy comes in to undo that and because of neuroplasticity we are able to do so so you don't have to say oh that's just how i am or, oh, this just runs in my family. Okay, so predisposition does not mean destiny. So just because mama had diabetes, daddy had diabetes, it doesn't mean you're destined to have it. It just means you're likely to have it because you likely will live under their same type of circumstances and culture. Okay, so when people say, oh, this runs in my family, what it really means is my family tends to live the same. We tend to eat the same. We tend to do the same type of work. We do the same types of things. We go through the same types of problems. And that's what it means when things run in your family, okay? 
you can be the changing agent in your family and create a completely different set of genes for the people going forward from you. Okay, so your what came from you can be completely different from, from them. And that's the power in what I'm talking about today. The whole objective of this is to empower you to break those generational curses. The thing is, a lot of people don't know how to break generational curses because they're, they don't care about the past. They don't care about what happened to the mom, the dad, or the grandma. And when I was young, I used to love to sit under old people and listen about all of their stories and they tell me all of their wisdom. I love that. That's why I am the way that I am. I love listening to old stories and, and what did you do in this situation? How did you do, deal with that? And in this way, I learned a lot about my family history. My mom went through a lot of things during pregnancy with me. And because of this studying epigenetics, I learned how a lot of things that, had to do, that she had to deal with and my grandmother had to deal with set me up for having a mindset at an early age of issues that didn't belong to me. And that is what attracted me to therapy, being a therapist, okay? Now, let me ask you something. Have any of you ever dealt with fears from childhood, phobias, anxieties, obsessive thoughts, compulsive thoughts growing up from early childhood? Did any of you deal with that? If you have, that is an example of inherited trauma. Because the stuff didn't happen to you. Some of the stuff did and some of it didn't. You look at some people and you say, well, what's, what's, wrong, with your, what's wrong with you? Why are you so depressed? Because look at your life. It's perfect. You have no idea this person is carrying things that their mom went through, that things that didn't even happen to them, but they have the same mindset. Let me give you an example. A mom gets pregnant at 15 years old by a married man. The married man doesn't want anything to do with her. She tells her family she's pregnant. The family says, you're the family shame. We don't want anything to do with you. She goes on to have her baby. She raises her baby. She never tells her baby that she's a shame or, or that she doesn't want her or anything like that. But because the child of hers realizes that her family doesn't deal with them because of the mom's choice. She embodies the shame that her mom has. So subconsciously, she has accepted that she's the shame. And what happens is when she has a child of her own, what does she do? She ends up calling her child, you're a shame, you're a disgrace to the family. Why? Because she's projecting what she lived with because of what her mom dealt with. There's many examples of how what our parents went through was a, was a result of, of what their parents went through and how they parented us wasn't personal about us, but it was literally because they didn't have it inside them to give because they didn't get it themselves. They couldn't be dad, they couldn't be mom because they never experienced the same thing, the same abandonment you felt, the same neglect you felt, the how, how you felt invisible, that you didn't belong. Mom felt that way. Her circumstances and or her parents made her feel that way. The same way you longed for your father, mom longed for her father. Her father may have been in the home, but emotionally unavailable. She embodies that, projects that onto you. The stress that she dealt with in her pregnancy filled her amniotic fluid with cortisol, made you come out with anxiety disorder. So you came out nervous. And all through school, you've been nervous, anxious, insecure, overthinking. Nothing happened to you. It was the mom. 
Okay, so we're going to talk about all of them. So here are the nine things. And, and before I go on to that, I'm going to tell you what, to, what you can look forward to in this series. Today, we're going to talk about the nine things you must understand about generational trauma. Then the next time, we're going to talk about 13 questions you must ask yourself to reveal whether you have hidden, inherited trauma and where you get it from. Next time after that, we're going to talk about the signs that you've been emotionally abused and neglected in childhood, even if you don't feel like you were. And then we're going to talk about the 12 signs that your mate has had childhood trauma and what that means for your relationship. And then finally, we're going to talk about the five types of people. And in that one, it's going to be really hard to listen to because I'm going to go over some. You know how we have five love languages? Okay, I'm going to go over the five types of people and the combinations of people, and I'm going to give you some examples. And it's not going to feel good, but it's going to show you yourself so you can know how to deal with you, okay? All right, so let's get into it. Nine things you must understand about generational trauma, and I'm starting here just so we can ease into it. And if you guys have any questions, give me the questions, and I'll try to answer them the best way I can, and I want your feedback, too. Number one, PTSD can be passed down to children, as well as, as chronic fatigue, mood disorders, ADHD, anxiety, depression, and chronic pain. This is one of the things that they found out when they started studying the Irish famine descendants. All of these children grew up to have these physiological and neurological disorders because their ancestors' starvation changed their genes, okay? Many of us are telling the story of someone else in our family that didn't have the ability to speak. So when you think about your grandma who went through unspeakable traumas in your life, in her life, and how the eggs of her for, that made your mom and your eggs were already inside of your grandmother and how her unresolved trauma impacted you. Now you come out with negative thoughts of I'm not good enough because in her life she felt she wasn't good enough because of her circumstances. And so you grow up with the thought, I'm not good enough. And when I say that you're telling the story of somebody who didn't get a chance to speak, we, especially in the black community, are just now embarking on valuing mental health. This is, has not been a thing. When I was practicing, and it wasn't that long ago, when I was practicing, I didn't think I would see the day that the black community, especially Christians, would embrace mental health care because that was taboo that was things we didn't talk about and that that people were so embarrassed they used to have to come to me in secret because they wanted therapy for things they couldn't tell their church friends about because their church friends didn't believe in mental illness and they didn't believe in therapy and counseling and so when I say you're telling a story, you have all of these feelings and emotions that didn't originate with you that grandpa and grandma went through, and there was no such thing as talking to therapists in their time. That it just didn't happen for them. And so now you get to work through issues that they never had the knowledge or understanding or books to understand or deal with, okay? Think about the slaves. Think about those people who had stories to tell, but they never got to tell it. But guess who's telling it? Us. You know why? Because we carry the generational trauma. We carry the generational trauma of our ancestors who were slaves. You see how in the black community, it's a ripple, it's a ripple effect. It's systemic, meaning that the things that the slaves had to go through, people say, oh, get over it. It was years ago. It, none of those people are alive today, blah, 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 blah. 
but we see the ripple effect. Why, why is there a ripple effect? It's not just because of the external. It's not just because there are so many barriers. It was because of the mindset slavery created. And we know this to be true. We can understand and see that now, the connection. But we are now expressing a lot inside of us that our ancestors never could express. Who was going to listen to them? Okay? So you get to be the voice. Now, if you're one of those people who is about breaking generational curses, you get to be the voice of a lot of people who didn't have a voice. Okay? Your feelings, did not all of your feelings originated from you. You're going to have to write down all of your feelings, the core feelings that you've had growing up, and make a distinction between what part of me always was like this and what part of me became like this because of my own experience. Because some of you can remember there's thoughts that you had and nobody ever told you was ugly, but you thought you were anyway. Nobody ever told you you were stupid, but you felt stupid, so you acted that way. Right? Nobody ever told you you was worthless, but you felt worthless for some reason. Think about the people who harmed your family. I'm talking about before, because think about those people. Let's say your mom married her first husband and he was abusive. That was before you were born. The stress of that and the emotion, the unresolved trauma of that stressed your mom out. So that infected what your development was like, okay, in utero. See, even though she may have divorced that man and sent him far away, the imprint that he made on her life is now on you because you're her child. You came from her, right? Think about the people your ancestors have harmed. Think about this. Think. Think about if your father or mother was the one who was doing the harm, doing the harm to others, and she got punished for that in her life, or he got punished for that in his life. The stress of that, the depression of that, them going to jail, them losing everything, that was a part of your genetic code, what programmed your brain to be anxious and depressed. And you didn't do those things. You never lost anything because of it, but you feel it because that's what they were going through. And evolution says, well, I got to prepare you for what your parents went through because you're likely to go through it too. So here you go. Here's your anxiety. Boom. Here's something funny to think about. You, you know how um, they say whenever black people see somebody running, they don't ask questions, they just start running? It's part of our genetic code. It's instinct. Why is it instinct? Because we're programmed like that. Because of what? What do you think it is? Why do you think that black people are programmed to run if they see somebody running? Why did that pass down? Survival. It's survival. You see, when I was a therapist, um, my primary clients were, were addicts. Okay, all types. And I had to explain to them why the same brain that makes it so that they can memorize how to get somewhere in their car is the same brain that triggers them to smoke or drink or pop pills. It's the same brain. It's the same function. The whole function is, is I need this. Brain has been taught, I need this. Yes, somebody said genetic trauma, they've literally proven that stress can alter your DNA. Yes, and your children's DNA. So the same brain that evolves us to uh, be bigger and stronger if we, have, if we come from a, a family of hunters, right, is the same brain 
that gives us their emotional trauma to prepare us for being born in their circumstance. Okay? So not everything you think and feel was learned. They always say racism isn't learned. You can be predisposed to be racist if that is the family you come from. Somebody in my comment section is smart. They said enlarged amygdala for all of us stressed people out, stressed out people, absolutely. You know, the amygdala determines a lot of stuff. Y'all might want to check that out. Look up what the amygdala determines and the size of it. You will be blown away. That's all I'll say. Number two of the nine things you must understand about generational trauma is what our parents did to us isn't as important as how we should deal with it. So let me just put it out there. All of our parents uh, hurt us inadvertently. Some of our parents hurt us on purpose, and some of our parents hurt us because they were hurt. And some of our parents didn't know what they were doing, and they thought that they were doing the best for us. But any way you look at it, all of us have been hurt by our parents, and it's inevitable, right? Because we're imperfect, okay? But what's more important is what are you doing about it? What are you doing? Besides resenting your mother and father for not being who you needed them to be, because they 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 never got it. What are you doing about how how you are because of that? Because some of you hate your father because he was a drunk and he was abusive, and then you are a drunk and you're abusive. Some of you hate your father because he abandoned your mother and you've abandoned your children. Some of you don't like your mother because she was cold and distant. Now you've become cold and distant towards your daughter between, uh, uh, and, and towards your child. Do you know even when a mother has a miscarriage or loses a baby, she mentally disconnects from her other children and makes them feel invisible? And if she does not acknowledge the child that she left, she lost, aborted, or that died, her children will feel also partially ignored by her because she has silenced the existence of that child. Her other children will feel silenced. Someone said, um, the mothers I've been picked on since a kid is hard now because she calls me her best friend. You know, some people grow and change as they get older. Some people don't. But regardless of whether they do, you better resolve it within yourself. Do you get what I mean? They may never change and don't expect them to change. You have to change the way you look at it so that you can have peace within yourself and break the generational curse. Because whatever you're holding on to because of that person not only affects your mental DNA, your, your genetic code, and your uh, neural pathways, but it also affects what comes out of you. Number three. Now, this is very interesting. Sometimes we can end up looking like what our ancestors went through. Now I'm about to show y'all something that I never, ever, ever show because I'm, I'm kind of annoyed by it myself. <laughs> and you, might, you can call me superficial all you want to, but it is what it is. Now, uh, basically your ancestors looked a certain way because of their environment and lifestyle. To give you an example, 
Irish people tend to have when they have their genes expressed. If you have, if you're mixed with Irish, you tend to have a a greater jawline, a bigger jawline, and I'm going to show you mine. Now you see how wide my jawline is. That's because that's my ancestors. The reason why Irish people have larger jaw lines is because they used to get punched in the face a lot. So their jaw lines started to get bigger and stronger so that over time, over years, so that their descendants can take a punch. I actually needed that because I had an abusive husband. <laughs> I laugh now. But I needed a strong jaw line dealing with my first husband. This is the, re the reason why I have my hair like this every day is because I'm trying to hide that hyper-masculine jaw. I have a very strong jaw. And even especially when I'm real thin, like this is me being, being kind of heavy. Like what you see me now is like I'm heavy. But when I'm at like my, my weight that I like to be at, my jaws are like pow-pow. And I like to cover them up because I don't like the way it looks. So what I'm trying to tell you is your phenotypes can show you what you're mixed with, right? But your phenotypes did not get like that for no reason. It was because of the region and the lifestyle of your ancestors. They also say that people who have a big, big jawline, like the Irish, tend to be combative and they... They argue a lot because that's how they, those people are. That's why they call them the fighting Irish. Now, there's something called coding and non-coding DNA. And basically, this is the reason why you come out looking different from your siblings, even though you have the same parents, you still look slightly different because your coding and non-coding DNA determines what genes get expressed in your body. And it's the same thing with your mind. So basically, you can have all of these genes, right? You could be a, a mixture of everything, like me. I'm a Louisiana Creole, so I got it all, right? I'm like a gumbo, a gumbo. But see, Creoles, they all look different. My dad was born with blonde hair. His, brother, his younger brother was born with blonde hair. His, his older brothers, you know, with, with dark hair. Um, some of them are, have blue eyes. Some of them are this or some of them are that. Some of, you know, some of you, of your siblings have a skinny nose. Some of you have a fat nose. You have the same um, basic genetic code, but if you did your ancestry, you'll see that y'all don't have exactly the same thing, and your genes... Your genes just decide to be expressed how they want to be expressed. Somebody's going to have red hair. Somebody's going to have brown hair. Y'all have the same ancestors, but y'all, non-coding and coding DNA is like that. This also plays into the different personality types. And we are going to, towards the end of this, talk about how we can do a high-level psychoanalysis on people based on their phenotypes that are expressed. But still, just to let you know, not everybody's genes are expressed. Like my mom. My mom was a chocolate woman, very chocolate. But she was 14% British. How did her genes decide to express themselves? She had a thin nose and thin lips and red hair when she was a little kid. So that's why, that's how her genes expressed. But you would never think that she ha she was mixed with anything because she was so dark, right? And my, and my mom was dark. She was not caramel. She wasn't brown. She was dark, okay? But she still had, did her DNA, she still was mixed, okay? So that's why, don't, don't talk about, oh, well, that baby don't look like nothing. It don't matter. It don't matter. That's gene expression. It's always going to be random. So now, um, let's talk about that. So families evolve differently, and their genes mutate based on their lifestyle. So a genotype is an organism's full hereditary information. 
even if it's not expressed. And a phenotype is the organism's actual observation, observed properties, okay, such as your behavior, de development, and what you look like. So genotype has all your information in it. Phenotype is how it comes out, okay, and if you can actually see it. Some of y'all are mixed with different things that you can't see it because your phenotypes are not showing, but it doesn't mean you're not mixed with it, okay? All right. Number four of the nine things you must understand about inherited trauma. We all typically, if we, if we died naturally, we all typically die by what is in our nature, okay? Because everyone does what is, what is in their core nature. So the reason why I say that is, again, what your parents had you typically will have because you typically will live like your parents. So if mom had diabetes, a lot of the siblings will end up with diabetes because they typically eat like mom and live like mom. You get that? So even if dad isn't around, the gene is there, the culture is there, still dictating what you do. And that's how we will eventually come to our own end is because of what's in our nature of our family to do so what does your family do do they drink a lot do they smoke a lot are they on do they do drugs do they eat themselves to death look at your family how are they destroying themselves in my family i see on my mom's side, and the reason why I'm being real with y'all is because I said I would. On my last series, I said a lot of this stuff is going to be hard to listen to, and a lot of people are going to feel offended. So what I'm doing is I'm putting myself out there so that y'all don't feel like I am coming for people as if I, I'm not a part of people, okay? On my mom's side, I see a lot of unhealthy eating, no exercise, that's how they usually come to their end, you know? And then on my dad's side, I see a lot of substance abuse. I see, like, and when I say substance, I just mean alcohol, a lot of smoking. And so they tend to die like that. On my dad's side, they tend to die by smoking or something of that nature. And on my mom's side, they eat themselves to death. Me having the knowledge of this, what do I ward myself against? Smoking, drinking, overeating. I have to constantly keep myself in check because I don't want what happened to them to happen to me. And if we want to be woke and if we want to be proactive about having a purpose-driven life, we have to really look at our family and say, okay, where's that pattern and am I doing it? Okay. All right. Number five of the nine things you must understand about inherited trauma. The mother's nutrition and her thoughts affect the behavioral predispositions of her baby. Okay? All right, so by five months in utero to nine months, that is when the baby's brain core, uh, core traits are being formed in their brain. And how that is happening is not just based on the trauma of the mom, the grandma, and granddad, and the dad, but also because of if the mom has a stressful pregnancy. Now, y'all been t told so many times, don't stress, it's not good for the baby. People knew that without really knowing the science behind it. This is the science behind it. It's called epigenetics. The stress impacts the amniotic fluid, and it can cause the baby to have anxiety disorder. It's also linked to autism. It's also linked to um, ADHD. So the things that the mom are eating, mom has poor eating habits, that's going into the baby's neural development. If you don't eat well in your pregnancy, your baby neurologically their cognitive development is hindered because what you eat affects your cognitive comprehension and your memory and lots of other things of retention 
So they find that people who overeat tend to be less intelligent. Okay? So if you eat badly, then it affects your baby. So what should you be doing during your pregnancy? Eat healthily. Eat what's good for your, your what's brain food for your baby. And that way that'll help their neural development. Um, so that's important for mothers to know or, you know, future mothers. Number six, many of the things that your family, and I had a, I had a thing that happened this morning as I'm talking about this. Many of the painful things that happened in your family was never spoken. So when you try to look back in your family history and say, well, I don't see this. I have this problem, but I don't see this in my family. It's because they don't want you to see it. It's called a family secret. A lot of these things are too painful for the family to relive. If it's a baby that died, they don't talk about the baby. They don't say the baby's name. If it's a relative that, that committed a murder, if it, it was somebody who, who was a pedophile, if it's somebody who put the family to shame, they don't talk about it. If somebody was abusive, they get rid of them, don't talk about them, or they only talk about them negatively. This is also a part of the neurodevelopment, okay? So even though you've never heard about these things and you may never hear it, it doesn't mean it didn't affect you. If your mom was pregnant with you and your dad beat your mom, it don't matter if you never knew your dad a day in your life, his beatings affect you. You get that? Okay, number seven. Some people, and this is some, I hope that, a lot of y'all don't relate to this. Some people, because of their inherited trauma, thoughts and feelings that don't belong to them, that never belong to them, purposefully choose a lifestyle, a dangerous or self-sabotaging, destructive lifestyle and or career because they secretly want to off themselves, okay? Deep down, they believe that everybody should, would be better off without them around. They don't, they don't believe they deserve to be here. They, they think that they're worthless, and for that reason, you will see them doing things that are self-destructive, and you wonder why. Go to that person, I promise you, Deep down inside, they don't want to be here. And that's why they're doing it. You keep seeing them doing things that, that you keep telling them all, all the time. Don't do this. I'm, I'm worried about you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm afraid for you. I'm, I'm concerned. You know this is dangerous. You need to stop doing this. They don't want to be here. There's people who will go, out, go to the military and sign up for war because they don't want to be here. There's people who, who get on drugs because they don't want to be here. And, not, and it's not all the time something their parents did to them, okay? Let's, let's, let's talk about this real fast, okay? I'm talking to the mom and or the relatives that blame the mom for how the child came out and that mom did not do that to that child. That mom did not do any of those things you think she did to make that child come out like that. And that that child went against everything that mom talked about and preached and prayed about and, and helped them with. The mom saw the pattern she saw, she may have seen where it came from. And that child, when they, when they dotted that door at 18 years old, they went out and did what they wanted to do because of how they were neurologically predisposed. And the mom did not 
do that. So let's stop blaming these moms for their wayward children and saying, it's your fault, it's your fault. If you, let's, let's dig deep and see what you didn't do. Well, you aren't good enough for them. Because let me tell you something. All of these women are blaming themselves and saying, it's their fault, and what if I would have did this, or I should have never did that. And I'm telling you right now, stop blaming. Mom, stop blaming yourself. It's not you. It didn't have anything to do with something you said or did. Sometimes it's because of things that are beyond your control and you were never able to fix it. Okay? Number eight. We take on our parents' burdens and assume we will handle it better. You see, the reason why history always repeats itself is because nobody wants to hear about the past. And everybody thinks they're smarter than the person before them. They think they're smarter than their mama, smarter than their daddy, and then they end up in the same exact situation. I love history. I love reading about history, hearing, you know, about it. You know. I love it. But I've also seen in my own life, in my own family, how somebody can resent someone so much for a certain way that they are and go up and do the same thing, the exact same thing. Okay? You are mad at mom because she didn't eat right and you don't eat right. Mom died of diabetes. She didn't want to listen to you. You tried to help her, and she didn't care enough for herself, and she let herself die. And here you are on the, on the way right behind mom. Okay? We think that we'll handle it better because we think we're smarter than everybody. We think we're so much more evolved than them. The only thing we evolved to is evolved to take on their problems. Okay? to make us better, to adapt to whatever it, whatever it was, but really it only hurt us. So many of these things that the mom struggled with and grandma struggled with and granddad and daddy struggled with and how that they hurt other people and other people hurt them, it continues to live within us. So if somebody say, well, do you believe in ghosts? Sort of, because I believe that the ghost of your family is living through you. And the things that they had problems with, and the way that they think, and the way that they acted, is going on in you. And you know what's so funny? If you read the Bible, you see generational curses and how God, he never just deals with the one person who did the action. He's got to get you for three more generations. Why? Because that, because God understands epigenetic. we like, why, why is God, I used to wonder this when I was a kid, because I, I was reading the Bible since I was eight years old. Why is God dealing this way with the children and the grandchildren and they weren't the ones who did it. But the Bible plainly says it's because they're just like their fathers. We are like them. That's the reason why. We think we're so different. And then this never happened to anybody else before. And you're dealing with the same thing. And the, re and, and the reason why you're dealing with this is because you didn't know that this is a pattern? Because maybe if you knew, you would stop doing that. And I tell you, I'll tell you one thing. The families, there's families that could not care less about this. They don't care to know. And those are the families that have the most emotional inherited trauma than all the other families. Because they don't care, they don't pay attention, they're not trying to fix it. So they keep doing it. 
And everything that comes out of them keeps doing it. And even the problem person that they got rid of out of the family, they already left their genetic imprints on, on the kid. You had a kid with them, and guess what? Piece of them is living in the kid. The kid comes out to terrorize the next generation, so you ain't never getting rid of them unless you recognize the pattern and you say, you know what? I'm not going to let you go out like that. That's how I'm raising my kids. I'm raising them to have and be everything I didn't get. And I'm, I'm raising them based on what my family's patterns were, and I am cutting it off. You, you haven't met a parent like me. And if you think like this, this, this me, this is who I am 24-7. 24-7. This is not an act. This is me. And I'm like that with my kids daily. Been that way since I started homeschooling them 13 years ago. And uh, we're going to nip that in the bud. We're not, we're not letting it go past you. Okay? Very serious to me. Let's see. Number nine of the nine things you must know is somebody said they definitely have both traits, but you have to stop the negative traits. Yes. Number nine is your self image is a compilation of inherited trauma, childhood trauma, and thoughts about yourself and the projections from significant others. I'm going to go down that list one more time. Your self-image, how you think and talk about yourself, is a combination of your inherited trauma, what your ancestors thought about themselves, that's your core, the things you actually experienced in childhood, that's you, the thoughts that you think because of those things that happened to you, and how you embrace the thoughts that other people project onto you. So when you slice it and dice it, you got to figure out what was the core, what, what doesn't belong to you, it came from somewhere else. What was you because of the experience you went through? What are, is the result of the mindset that came out of those experiences? And what significant others you have in your life that you are allowing to speak into your life and not just speak into you, but how they handle you. Because somebody may never say, I don't value you. They just treat you like they don't value you. They may not say, I don't respect you, but they just let you know that they don't respect you. And I'm going to tell you something. They say that a mother's gaze will set the tone for how you feel about yourself in early childhood. When I say the mother's gaze, what I mean is, you know how you have your baby and how you look at your baby, be you being the most important thing in that baby's life, makes the baby internalize that look. So when you're going through your postpartum depression and when you're annoyed at the things that's going on in your life and or you resent that baby for being born, when you look at that baby with that look on your face, that baby feels that. And they start to form that into a self-perception. And then it turns into self-talk. And that baby says, I shouldn't be here. The world would be better off without me. The baby says, 
Why am I so stupid? I'm a joke. Why am I so ugly? People are having this as their core self-perception because when mom looked at you, mom had her own emotions that she was going through during that time. And we internalized it. Somebody said, or how they respond when they call them, when you call them, like they remember that. Mm -hmm. Somebody says, the book, How to Give Birth to a God, breaks that down. Oh, I love a new book suggestion. Let me type that in. Hey there, guys. Some, some of you guys are coming in late. Don't worry, this is going to be on, you know, on all the streaming podcast um, platforms. And the reason why I'm going live today is because I can't keep going live at the same time because there's a security issue. So I had to switch up my patterns. And I'm about to give you guys, before we go, I'm about to give you, yes, somebody said, the look of the mother the child uses as a mirror. Oh, Lord, this is a big, big topic to unpack. But I'm so glad that we have synergy. Y'all get it, right? I'm about to give you the topics you can Google in to start doing your own research on this, and maybe you can find some books on this book. Hold on one second. I want to see if I can get my... I brought my kids today. I want to show y'all my kids. So they... They were in the other room um, taking pictures because they're like trying to get some more headshots and the other, you know. I, I wanted to show my people, you guys. Okay. This is my oldest son, Willard. Get down because this camera can't see you over there. You see? Okay. Let's turn there. So, so this is my oldest son. He's 18 years old. His name is Willard. Say hi. Hi, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, they can hear you. Okay, all right, and we have, and this is my middle child, my daughter. Her name's Aime. Hello. Hey, it's Aiden Cole here. Aiden. And this is my youngest. Hi. And then down there. Can you see? And so, um, today we're hanging out. Okay, you guys can go back and do what you're doing. I'm almost done. Those kids go through a lot because I'm very intense. I am very intense, as you can imagine, every day. Thank you so much. So, now, let's go to the topics. All right, here are the topics. Get ready to write. Google these so we can all be on the next, same page next time. Traumatic reenactment. Traumatic reenactment. Social history. Social history. Cellular biology. Cellular biology. Neurobiology. Neurobiology, epigenetics, epigenetics. And for those of you who are just now coming in, a great book on epigenetics, the topic we're talking about is It Didn't Start With You by Mark Wolin. Mark Wolin, W-O-L-Y-N-N. Developmental psychology, developmental psychology. Generational PTSD. Generational PTSD. Did you guys know that if someone goes to war, their kids come out with PTSD? Chromosomal DNA. 
chromosomal DNA, coding and non-coding DNA, coding and non-coding DNA, epigenetic tags, I'm almost done, epigenetic tags, biological psychiatry, biological psychiatry, and embryology, embryology, okay? So next time, we're going to talk about the 13 questions you must ask to reveal hidden inherited trauma. What we're going to try to do is we're going to decipher what came from you and what came, what came here to you, okay? And um, that way you can have like a basis of just understanding who you really are and why you're the way you are and off starting to offload some of that stuff that does not serve you, that don't have anything to do with you, that just keeps coming in, all these intrusive thoughts and all this negativity. Um, and then we're gonna talk about signs of childhood emotional abuse and abandonment and neglect. Because let's say for instance, um, you have a lot of Feelings that you don't really know where they came from is negative and you don't understand why because you didn't have any traumatic in, um, incidences like you you weren't violated, you weren't abused, but you still have all of this trauma and you don't know why. I'm going to show you some covert emotional trauma that you didn't think was trauma but is trauma and what type of personalities develop out of that like what types of traits come out of that and then we're going to talk about signs that you're with somebody who has emotional trauma or inherited trauma and then five types of people so this is going to be a long good series but i think it's great and like I said, I'll try not to get too technical about things. I'll just tell you what books to study or what articles you can read or um, things of that nature. All right, guys. Well, as always, you can change if you really want to. I'm so glad I was able to catch some of y'all to the end, towards the end. Thanks for hanging in there. Bye-bye. And I'll have this uploaded for you later on tonight. See ya.